Welcome to Search Talk Live with search engine optimization and marketing experts, Robert O'Haver and Matt Weber, powered by the Robert Palmer family of companies. All right. Welcome back to Search Talk Live. I am your host, and you know who I am, so I'm not going to say my name. Robert O'Haver. Hey, Robert <laughs> O'Haver. How you doing? And with me is Matt Weber of Roar Internet Marketing. Hey, Robert. How's it going? That was a great studio audience we had. That's a pretty uh, active little <laughs> applause there we got. <laughs> yeah. So uh, why don't you tell people about yourself real quick? Yeah, I am the CEO of Roar Internet Marketing, and we're a digital marketing agency just outside of Orlando. I'm also the inventor and founder of Smilelytics, a new analytics tool that translates your Google Analytics data into photographs. And a lot of people get to meet me by traveling across the country when I work for Google in the Grow With Google program. And I teach Google Ads, local search, and other Google products to folks all across the country on behalf of Google. Awesome. And you have the also an advantage your wife is part of the company as well she is and she's got her own expertise uh she is really into local search and she drives our local search success which as you know there's so much happening in local search lately oh yeah yeah i mean that just gives it more passion you guys are like the a team (laughs) (laughs) so anyway today guys we're going to switch it up a little bit we're going to talk some enterprise stuff and some of this and i'll let you know grab your pen paper Take notes because some of this is going to be, you know, more advanced than it is the, you know, the beginner level. So make sure you take some notes or at least come back and listen to the show over until you get, you know, what we're saying. Uh, but you can also send us a tweet on Twitter. You can go to ser- hashtag Search Talk Live and ask your question live while we're on the show right now. We can ask our our guest or um, maybe one of our one of us can answer it. Um, but you can also send us an email, robert at searchtalklive.com or matt at searchtalklive.com. It's pretty simple. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can also uh, hit me up on an email. All right, let's get to the show. Uh, today our guest is an enterprise-level SEO. He's been in the business for quite some time. Uh, and we're going to be talking enterprise SEO, how to create an experiment framework. Uh, today our guest is... Tom Griffith, he's the founder of ClickMinded. Tom, how, Tommy, how's it going? Robert, Matt, what's going on? Thanks so much for, for having me on the show. Do you go by Tom or Tommy? You can go for Tommy. Okay. Actually, actually I, I get made fun of that for that all the time. I got into an Uber the other day, and the guy was like, I'm 33 years old, and the guy was like, hey, man, how long are you going to keep doing this Tommy thing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? Come on! It's my it's my thing, man. That's my angle. Leave That's me alone. Awesome. You know what I mean? So, so whatever." And, and that was a pre-tip question yeah, from right? your Uber driver. I, it's a risky move by yeah, him, man. man. I mean, come on, it's a good way to break the ice. Yeah, yeah but I'm also interested in Tommy today because Tommy's also a, a trainer yeah. in SEO, so he's got a a great perspective to bring to the show. Enterprise level SEO, got a great resume, worked for Airbnb. But he's now doing some training, so he has a unique ability to break some of these concepts down into bits and pieces that people can digest. Yeah. And, and the other thing is he's sitting in Honolulu, Hawaii right oh, now. Oh, man. <laughs> tough yeah. life. True. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Very tough. I'm going to lie to you and tell you it's, it's a terrible day here today. It's cloudy <laughs> and rainy, right? That's right. Super no, gross. No not, volcano action? Not, not paradise. It yeah. is not paradise. But you're, you're kind of sucking it up because you're there in a 200-square-foot apartment with no view of the outside world, right? That's right. It's a box. I'm, <laughs> I'm very unhappy right now. That's right. Whatever, whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's. Uh, why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, a little bit about your background. And Matt had mentioned you do some training as well. Uh, why don't you give our, our listeners uh, the fifty foot level view of yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I my story started like like a lot of nerdy internet marketers by reading uh, the Four Hour Work Week Tim Fer- Tim Ferriss's book. You guys familiar with that book? Yes. Yeah, so I uh, I think that was the the catalyst for a lot of um, for a lot of people that got interested in remote businesses and internet marketing and that kind of stuff. Um, I got really into search engine optimization a long time ago. I wrote a, a very dorky ebook as, as my first business and tried to get it ranking in Google. That was sort of how I started to, to figure it out. Um, I what I didn't realize at the time. I mean, this was this was two thousand and eight, and I uh, I was optimizing a site. Uh, prior to the exact match domain update, right? So I picked my primary keyword. I ended up getting that keyword in the domain. I got like one backlink and it was ranking two within a week, right? And I'm sitting there like, I am a genius. Like I am <laughs> the smartest man to ever live, right? And uh, those were the days. <laughs> those were the days, exactly. Um, ended up doing a business with a friend of mine that failed miserably. Um, we started we started a kind of an internet marketing type business a long time ago and I was one of these guys who uh, was very blessed I graduated university with no debt parents paid for college but I ended up putting myself into debt after um, after university trying to start this this business with a friend of mine it, it failed ran out of money came home with my tail between my legs uh, and back on mom and dad's couch but I was uh, I was pretty miserable, but I had, you know, accidentally learned SEO and SEM like over the last year and a half, and it ended up just being the right place, right time. PayPal was hiring an SEO manager for emerging markets, and I ended up moving out to the Bay Area, and that started uh, that started my career out there. I did two years managing search engine optimization at PayPal, four years managing search engine optimization at Airbnb, and uh, during that time, it, one of the reasons, I, one of the sort of motivations I had was to pay off all this debt I, I had created for myself with the first idea. I started a an offline SEO training course called ClickMinded. So I would, you know, find a go out to a co-working space on weekends in San Francisco and physically teach in-person SEO classes. Uh, mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs, startups, marketers would come in, and it would be kind of like a all you can SEO, nerding out on on stuff, kind of like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, on Saturday mornings, and that ended up turning into an online course. Udemy was just taking off at the time. This was probably like 2012. Put the course online and ended up working on it while managing um, SEO at Airbnb. So any of the data scientists or engineers or uh, designers that joined my team, the SEO team, part of the growth team at, at Airbnb, they would take the course right mm-hmm. uh, two years two years ago I left Airbnb to go full-time on the course and now we've expanded to seven different courses and and we teach um, kind of all types of digital marketing and our angle is uh, we teach entrepreneurs in-house marketers and consultants or agencies um, how to do digital marketing across a number of different topics and a lot of people use us for training up new staff um, training up people who are specialists in one thing but not in another that kind of stuff so you transitioned your training from in-person instructor-led training to everything's online now? That's right. Yep. Yep. Wow, that makes it much more cost-efficient <laughs> yeah. and much more scalable. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. I would yeah, say. That, that, was a, that was an interesting – it was a really interesting time because 
I really loved the I, I loved in-person training. I, I also taught a digital marketing elective at a, at a grad school in San Francisco, and I love the in-person training stuff. But the actual business was terrible. I mean, it was just like uh, very hard to make it work, very time intensive. Even though I enjoyed it a lot, um, it was very tough to, to make it all work. So, yeah, we went online in about 2012 and haven't looked back since. You know, I think one of the things that helped you and propelled your career is there's nothing that makes you make sure you know your stuff than standing in front of an audience of people and you have to answer questions. Yeah. It's, it's very true. Yeah. And I think one of the, um, one of the accidental – I had no idea this was the case at the time, but um, looking back, one of the accidental sort of things I did right <laughs> – I did a lot of things wrong – but one of the things I accidentally did right was exactly what you just said. A lot of the other people that were creating online courses, you know, uh, inter- internet marketers don't like to leave their basement. You know what I mean? And I, I'm, I'm guilty of this too. But a lot of the other courses that were out there, they were people who, you know, they were talking into their laptop, talking over slides, and like talking into their computer while going through Excel docs. And the, the only way you get feedback when you do that is once you push it live and you get those one star reviews, right? But the inverse is like if you start offline, you see it in people's faces. You, you know when you suck or you know when you're great or you know when, you know, that joke lands or that metaphor connects or like whatever it is. And so um, I had this weird advantage where, you know, I taught online, offline, excuse me, for the first portion of the business. And then by the time I had put it online, the V1 of the of the online product had, had was uh, was pretty far along when we first went live. So it ended up being a big advantage. Cool. Robert, are you an Airbnb consumer? I have used it. Yeah. yeah. They have some really fascinating search challenges. Would mm-hmm. you agree? I mean, the, the range yeah. of things they got to rank for is amazing. Yeah. And then you're up against, you know, hotels and everything else, you know, big boys. Google. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Tommy, what, what, if you can share it, what are some of the secrets that Airbnb did and maybe does to rank for that huge volume of potential queries that are just absolutely critical to the business yeah this is this is this is awesome that uh, that your, your your intuition has picked this up because you know I've, I've chatted about this a lot with other people and they don't understand the scope of the problem for someone like airbnb but you're right it is it is massive um yeah. so yeah the one thing to think about with enterprise seo is the, the nature of the problem and, and the nature of the business right so for example at paypal like there's a very finite um, universe of keywords you could conceivably rank for, right? You know, send money online, payment processing, accept credit cards, and then like different language variations. There's there, there's kind of a, a fixed set, right? Um, and the the difference with Airbnb is it's it's optimizing a web application for like a near infinite series of variables and languages, right? Wow. So. Yeah. Um, the way to think about this, and this is funny too, because the first thing people say is they say, you know, maybe they've seen some content marketing from Airbnb, or they've seen like the really high quality photography, or some of the cool sort of buzz mar- marketing, brand marketing stuff that we've done, and they say, oh, how you know, how do you guys do content marketing at Airbnb? But the 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 big dirty secret is actually the vast majority of content marketing has nothing to do with with SEO. We don't really do, uh, and again, I'm, I. I haven't been there for two years. Things that may have changed a little bit. I'm still still in touch with with everyone there, but but I don't know what's going on day to day. But the vast majority of what we did um, is not really related to content marketing. It's an it's an engineering challenge around making the actual web application more SEO friendly, right? So yeah. just to, just to give you some examples, 
Okay, so an easy one is Miami vacation rentals, right? Like that's a very easy one. Um, but then there's different variations as well, right? There's apartments and bed and breakfasts and condos and, and things like that, right? right? And then there's there's additional variables on, on top of that, right? There's pet-friendly vacation rentals and family-friendly bed and breakfast, right? And, um, you know, apartments with a hot tub, um, right? And then there's... Um, there's G- geographic locations. So I'd mentioned a city, but you can also do, you know, Bay Area apartment rentals, or you can do Lake Tahoe rentals, right? Like, and you have to use a, we were using the Google Geocoder API to like render different results based on different searches. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, there's languages. I mean, we manage 20 different languages across 55 different top level domains, right? So, um, there's a Hungarian searching from France for a Miami vacation rental, you know, <laughs> and there's a, a Spanish person in in Germany searching in Czech for a villa in Italy, right? Like, and so we have all of these different um, conceivable variations. So, like, our, our our at PayPal, like, the total potential universe of keywords is probably in the fifty to hundred pages mark. And at Airbnb, it was wow. somewhere between the, t- the 10 and 50 million. 10 oh. and 50 sort of. million. As total conceivable, like, theoretical number of pages we could be optimizing for. We weren't actually going for that many, sure. but that was sort of the, the, the pool to play in. So um, on top of that, and the big, the big challenge around all that is um, it's a web application that has to do a lot of things, right? Airbnb is kind of world renowned for being uh, really, really focused on design, right? Like two of the three co-founders are designers. Airbnb was one of the first companies to really emphasize high quality photography. Um, and user experience is just first, second and third place when, when it comes to everything. Right. So there were just a number of times where we would say, you know, here's what, here's the change. Here's the change we want to make. Here's the impact we think it'll have. Here's why we think it's good for search. And, you know, I'd sit down with growth executives or people way above my pay grade, people way smarter than me, and the, and they would say, no, it's not worth the trade-off, right? So um, this is, like, extremely frustrating as an SEO in the beginning, yeah. right? Because, of course, you know, a lot of SEOs do this, and I, I was guilty of it as well. What's that saying? Like, to a carpenter, every problem is a nail, or to a hammer, every problem is a nail, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. to, for me, everything could be solved with with SEO, right? That was sort of my angle. Mm-hmm. And when we would do, you know, total addressable market sizing and, and hypothesize the impact of a change and present it to people, there was just a number of times where design won out. Um, and and you know, uh, you know, TripAdvisor, some of our other competitors would 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 run away with with a certain segment. And when I was in the weeds, it was very frustrating. But looking back, there were just a number of times where they were right, where they, the kind of people above my pay grade, they looked at the trade-off, they looked at the potential impact to user experience, and they would say, no, we're not doing this yet. Hmm. And so that uh-huh. became a really sort of, um, yeah, the big dirty secret about enterprise SEO is that it's actually extremely boring. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so lot, let's there's unpack a, of, like, a couple things here. That's, yeah, sure. a, that's a massive amount of search queries. I mean, yeah. mind-boggling to me, for sure. But is all of that the result of your, your ranking? Is it all a result of the dynamically generated content in the directory-based application? Or at some point did you say, listen, we got to have some static content to be able to rank for this term? Or was it all the dynamic content? Yeah, it's a good question. We tried. We, tr- we thought about it a lot. And there were a couple of attempts over my four years there to make some type of content. Um, just the reality is it just doesn't 
it doesn't make enough of a dent, um, right? And and if we did do it, it was just a little bit too uh, top of funnel for us. I mean, the way bigger opportunity is is people much closer to booking accommodation and the different variations that they had, right? So, mm. yes, we basically we tried sort of both angles, and and what ended up being the highest impact stuff was, um, yeah, the dynamically generated. Uh, generated stuff. Now, now there's ways we can go about doing that. So, for example, every host that lists their their accommodation, they generate a ton of content. They describe the the accommodation, they describe the neighborhood, and we would basically use a lot of that user generated content. Not not very different from from kind of how Yelp uh, or Pinterest would would do it, right? It's very very similar sort of style where you're taking user generated content. You're sort of mapping it to to search query expectations, and you're trying to find a reasonable way to get that dynamically generated page indexed and optimized for for Google and other search engines. And Tommy, how, how cross pollinated were they? When I say that, when, what I mean is, you know, are you are you SEO is talking to the paid people to see maybe, hey, these these ten keywords are money. You know, you know what I'm saying? To, yeah. Yeah, we uh, the the team changed a lot while I was there, but we were super tight with paid. Obviously, that was kind of our online marketing was all working together, sure. and uh, we use paid data often. Um, Airbnb is actually very very strong at 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 paid, um, and I think a lot of the reason why was one of the co-founders was very interested in, in it in the early days and wrote a bunch of tools to help us use it and things like that. Yeah, um, and so yeah, we we were using paid data often. Nice. So what happens if you've got a city like, uh, you know, Pudunk, Illinois? You kind of want to rank for it, but you really don't have a lot of listings in Pudunk, Illinois. You don't have that dynamically generated content. What do you do? Yeah, uh, we, we would uh, we would no index it. I mean, if we didn't have the content, we would we would simply not go for that keyword. So we always had to have there had to be search volume for the for the city and accommodation type sort of variables, and we had to have uh, enough user-generated content for it. And if, if we didn't, um, then it would be left alone. Can you illustrate one of those situations that you were describing where the design team had to give some input on a change you wanted to make to improve the SEO, and the design team took a look at it and said, hey, that's going to negatively impact either our conversion rate or our time on site, and when we balance it, we're going to reject it. Can you maybe illuminate one specific situation? What was an issue that came into play? Yeah, it would probably be ninety percent of all of my meetings for four years. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you, Tommy, you've been in the business long enough. You know that designers, SEOs, and developers all kind of clash from all sides. You know, not every time, but most of the, you know, a lot of the time. My my food and drinks were poisoned for four years, and I think it was the designer. <laughs> they're, they're trying to they're trying to kill me every chance they could get. Um. Yeah, um, it was basically my job to ruin designers' lives at Airbnb. And it was basically <laughs> their, their job to ruin mine. Uh, yeah, so some examples would be like, okay, so just um, just stepping back a bit, like the, the biggest, one of the biggest optimizations we had was technical optimization, right? We had 55 top-level domains, a number of different subdomains on top of that. I mean, we were in the 10 million-plus Googlebot requests per day kind of, kind of zone, right? Wow. 5 to 10 million Googlebot requests a day. And so... You know, internal linking is not trivial at all in, in that situation, right? When you're getting that many Googlebot requests, you really can move uh, move the crawler around to to where it needs to go. So, yeah. um, in like kind of generating the most popular locations based on uh, a data set we had, sort of underneath the sites and rendering them on the page, 
um, was a was an example of that, right? Really, really good for um, for search engines, and I would say neutral to slightly good from a user experience perspective. And would have to sit down with designers and engineers and say, "This is the you know this is going to be neutral to slightly good for users and extremely good for search engines." Um, you know, he like here's the case for it. Here's why we want to do it. And in, in that situation, we, we, we would get that one through, right? Mm-hmm. But there'd be other situations where we'd say, okay, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense for us to, um, you know, do like a quick info box, like a mouse over box that has a little bit of content about the listing that's crawlable for search engines. And com- if you're completely in the realm of just user experience and, you know, you're watching, you're watching users interact with the site, um, designers and, and other product managers would say, I don't understand what the user is getting from this. Um, we're not going to do it. Right. And, and it would just be, uh, like many, many, many different, um, meetings and iterations and testing of different things, um, before finally getting them to, to commit. So yeah, text on the page, that's really good for search engines, internal linking, uh, these kinds of things were, were often a battle for us. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about the role of the funnel and how that affected your strategy on an enterprise level. Yeah, so um, I mean, w- when you do enterprise SEO and you're kind of a specialist, one of the interesting um, things about it is that you you don't, and and this is very selfish and navel gazy and just like in my own zone, but uh, but you don't have to always think about the entire funnel. Um, and this can be this is a blessing and, and, a, and a curse, right? It's kind of like some of the growth executives' job to worry about everything, and it was just sort of my job to to hammer this one thing to get to get traffic onto the site, right? And there were there were other members of the, the growth team that were focusing on different aspects. So, um, and I remember this happened very early in the early days. The growth team kind of rallied around just a handful of metrics. We we had you know all the TVs and dashboards and things up and monitoring all kinds of different metrics. And we ended up um, cutting the number of metrics we were sort of optimizing for to just a couple, and specifically, um, very specifically, like uh, the SEO team ended up just focusing on um, uh, incremental uh, non-brand visits and first-time nights, and then that was the other uh, the, the rest of uh, the growth team as well. Everyone was just sort of focusing on first-time nights, so. Um, a, a user comes in and they sign up for an account for the first time and they book their first their first trip. And then we had all these other m- metrics around uh, word of mouth virality. In general, this was in the earlier days. It's probably grown since, but in general, every Airbnb user ends up referring two friends uh, within the first year of booking their their first time night. And so this wow. is just like every like that's the dream, right? That yeah. is the dream. So all you really need to do is just hammer the first time nights. And it took off, and surprise, surprise, you know, Airbnb doubled every year for four years in a row when I was there. Nice. Huge, huge. Well, let's broaden the conversation out a little bit. Let's talk more about some some basic SEO principles. I got to ask this: as deep as you've been into SEO, because I know Robert's answer to this question. I, I'm pretty sure I can bet fifty dollars I'll get it right. But if someone came to you, Tommy, and said, "Hey, you have to give up every single one of your SEO tools that you use, and you only get to keep one." What are you keeping? Wow. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, now personally? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Um, I mean, if it's today, these days, it's got to be Ahrefs. That's my go-to. Boom. And they're a sponsor. Good, good answer. <laughs> and I knew that was your, that was your answer, too. Yeah. Checks, Why, it, checks in the mail, right? right? Why that one? Right. And I'm, I'm going to just assume from your level of experience, you've touched them, touched them all. Yep. Touched them all. Yep. And so w- tell me, what do you get out of that tool that's, that's mission critical? Um, I mean, it's just, it's the go-to. It's the Swiss Army knife now. Best link index, um, decent rank tracker, uh, great for research, um, you know, has the built-in mention monitoring. If you just had to go one, it's 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 the 80-20 of everything. Uh, we, I have other recommendations based on sort of where you are. Like, we have a different recommendation for beginners doing keyword research and other things like that. But if you got to go one, gun your head, yeah, it's Ahrefs, if you ask me. Nice. Yeah, I, I I would agree. Now you're also known, by the way, for having a, I guess a popular checklist, and I know it's a part of how you market some of your trainings. What's the one thing on your checklist that you offer that you think is most misunderstood or most often missed by SEOs? Interesting. Yeah, a lot of our our SEO checklist is a little bit more of the basics, like you know, hey, um, I have no idea what SEO is. I have my site up, like. It's basically the make sure you don't have a no index tag on your site kind of checklist <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but I would say the most, the most um, one of the one of the most misunderstood concepts is around content, and uh, more specifically, um, you know, having having too much too much content, too many weak pages. Um, I think Brian Dean has been great about this. He's been hammering kind of the. Uh, the sort of power page concept, like a smaller number of way higher quality, way higher authority pages. Yeah. And so, yeah, one of the big dirty secrets I like to do if you're a consultant or an agency and you're taking on a new client um, is to kill stuff. You know, going into into GA or Google Search Console and looking at all the pages and trying to map out all the things that have topic overlap yeah. and kill pages, right? Kill pages, reduce internal links, point them to point them to a smaller number of higher quality pages, and just focusing on um, uh, focusing on kind of those power pages that are that are super high authority. A lot of people when they they try and dig themselves out of an SEO rut by hammering out 500 new blog posts and the, and the reality is they should probably just focus on uh, creating one one monster one instead yeah and it, it, I, I'm a firm believer in getting rid of that that access content that really not even getting any traffic but I've also seen a situation where I had a, a really in the last few clients that I've had had a good experience where the client had an article but really doesn't pertain to the business and it was getting a ton of traffic and I ended up killing the page, but it 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 almost flipped, and the and the the it was like Google said, "Wow, okay, now they're more relevant." <laughs> you know? Interesting. Yeah, really? really? So you got a, you got a, a benefit yeah. out of knocking out these pages that they wrote an article about something that was tangential to their business, right? And I killed the page. I didn't three hundred one redirect or anything like that. It's just uh, I, I can't explain it, <laughs> huh? But it worked. That's yeah. really interesting. Sometimes less, less is more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, on your training, too, you talk about that you teach people the eight critical on-page elements uh, that you have to know. And I was going over it in my mind, Robert, and I was going, I think I can get to seven if I can list eight on-page elements. Now, that's depending on whether you're including heads and subheads as different ones. But in your mind, can you list eight critical on-page elements right now yeah you can list eight 
Oh, more than that, probably. All right, Tommy, take us through the eight. <laughs> the <laughs> eight critical on-page elements. I'm I'm curious where you're seeing this on the site because I I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's something we push now these days. This all sounds new to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've read your stuff closer than you have. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Well, this one's new to me. But it was a great exercise when I was uh, preparing for the show, and you know, you go right down. Title, URL, description, alt tag, copy, head, subhead. Content. Mm-hmm. You're at seven. I got content already. So you're at seven. Mm-hmm. What's the eighth? It's the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speed. Yeah, I mean. Oh, internal how, links. How, internal links could have been the, the eighth. Yep, internal links. Yeah, internal, internal links could be the eighth. So if you, if you want to go deeper on images as well, you could, but uh, slightly, slightly less critical these days. All right, so there's your magic eight. There you go. Yeah, and you know, this whole algorithm update thing for the last four, three to four years where everything's been kind of like all over the place, and it's, it's I'd say in the last year it's kind of smoothing out now, but we lost a lot of SEOs, or self-proclaimed <laughs> SEOs. Because they were just giving up, you think? Yeah, they just didn't understand. I think, to me, it's not that it's easier, but it's really more defined. If you if you have experience in the in the industry, like uh, like like Tommy or me, or you, it, it's more surgical than it is. Well, what about this? Or what about that? What about this? You know, you know. Is what I'm SEO more predictable today than it was two <laughs> years ago? I would say yes. What, Tommy, what would you say? Interesting. Um, more predictable i don't know i think i do i do like that it's becoming more accepted it's not just it's not as black hattish as as it used to be sort of 10 years ago every every, or at least the 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 uh the pr around it right like uh, i feel like in 2008 when i was getting started people swapped between like online poker and seo right (laughs) like (laughs) now it's becoming you know a much more legitimate profession and there's and i really like that there's special specialization within it you know there's people who just do technical seo or just do internationalization right um so that to me is 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 pretty interesting and i think and you know you'd mentioned at the top at the top of the hour you're working on a lot of local seo right i really like that people are 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 honing in on on uh developing an expertise across all these verticals you know what i mean yeah i think it's also important to be well diverse and whether it be technical or just you know basic seo but i think you really need to to have that skill set you know html obviously uh wordpress those things you you really need to have all of that Absolutely. Yep, for sure. Maybe one of the reasons SEO appears less predictable is that as the internet has evolved, uh, more and more websites are properly optimized. I think Google's done a great job of saying what we really want to do is get people the answers that they're looking for. So back three years ago, if you were competing for a particular keyword in that top six, there were probably three people that, in quotes, got it as far as SEO and three people that didn't get it. So you could see wide swings in the rankings because of who's in that competition. Mm -hmm. And now maybe five of those websites in that same keyword ranking kind of get it, in quotes, and now only one of them maybe doesn't get it. So you don't see that swing, that big vacillation in ranking that maybe you did when you would make a change because that was largely the result of what other people weren't doing Mm -hmm. in correlation Mm. with what you were doing. Yeah. Mm, That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, we have to take a break. Now, before... 
before we take our break, I want to explain to you what we're going to do when we get back. We have a, se- a segment called Who Influences the Influencer? So we want to know, you know, a list of maybe five, ten people that you follow on social media or in the industry that, that really kind of gives you your, your, their, your navigation or whatever through the industry. <laughs> All right? Right after, cool. these, right after these messages. Today's episode of Search Talk Live is sponsored by... Hey, Robert. You're here early for the show. Yeah, I got a ton of SEO work done this morning, and I got it done way ahead of schedule. Couldn't have done it without Ahrefs. Yeah, so much easier than using multiple programs and having data in a bunch of different places. Plus, being able to see what is holding a page back from ranking in Ahrefs is so much faster than picking through each part myself. Oh, yeah, I agree. We use Ahrefs because it's so easy to teach people at our agency how to use it. Their YouTube tutorials couldn't be better. It's one thing to have a tool. It's another thing to know your team is using it to its full capacity. I don't think there's an easier, more complete tool than Ahrefs. Hey, Robert, why don't you hit them up to be a sponsor of the show? I am way ahead of you. Ahrefs, the official SEO tool of Search Talk Live. Try their new seven-day trial for only $7. Go to Ahrefs.com. That's Ahrefs.com. Your website analytics data probably feels like this. But it could feel like this. Making sense of all the website data available to you hasn't been easy until now. Smilytics transforms your website analytics data into easy-to-understand memorable photographs. You pick your own photo theme. Smilytics. S-M-Y-L-E-Lytics. Like analytics. Only happier. And it's free at smilytics.com. Want to know how your website is doing? Get the big picture with pictures. It's the easiest and most enjoyable way to understand your website data. No charts, no graphs, no cost. Sign up today. Smilytics. S-M-Y-L-E-Lytics. Like analytics. Only happier at smilytics.com. Get your questions in on Twitter. Type hashtag SearchTalkLive and your question. Now back to the show. All right, Tommy, we are back, and uh, we have really enjoyed you being on the show so far. But now we're going to put you kind of on the spot here. We want to know who influences you, the influencer. Yeah, so there's – there's a lot of good SEO and digital marketing nerds that uh, that I that I like to follow. Um, uh, a couple of them, I was just thinking through it when you when you asked me that. I think the big one, um, uh, I really like Glenn Glenn Alsop, uh, Viper Chill. Do you guys know him? I don't. No. Um, yeah, he's great. Uh, uh, Gaps.com or Detail.com are his two blogs. He's incredible. Um, he's been in the game for a long time. Really, really good person to. Uh, to follow um nat eliason you familiar with him um he's uh yeah he's uh his his agency is called growth machine but he was he worked with the app sumo or sumo guys for a while yeah um another really good seo and um growth marketer um louis grignier uh he has a podcast called everyone hates marketers he's uh he's the guy (laughs) he's at hotjar now and he's just putting out a lot of a lot of stuff 
not not specifically SEO, but a lot of interesting growth marketing stuff. Nice. And we really like his. Uh, he's a French guy living in Ireland. We really like his angle because. Um, we've developed a lot of click-minded around that too. We've been sort of annoyed with digital marketing mm-hmm. media these days, yeah. right? Like, there's just too many blog posts and 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 tweets and Facebook posts about you know how to massively increase your Twitter followers and just like stuff that's like, you know, it's it's just a little it's um, been done already. <laughs> it's been done, you know. And so we really like the more comprehensive tutorials and 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 the in-depth stuff, and that's what we've been doing. And and Louis, the from Everyone Hates Marketers, uh, is kind of in the same boat. So I really like him. So he's kind of anti-hype and really trying to look for more grounded, organic kind of content. It, exactly. Yeah. Nice. And he's also he's also very much against the you know um, webinar starting in five minutes and like kind of kind of kind of kind of stuff. He just hates he hates gross marketing and he calls a lot of it out. So it's kind of cool, um, which has been great. Brian Dean, kind of a legend in our industry. Yep. I'm buddies with him, and he's been he's been great uh, great to follow as well. Yeah, he's been on the show. He's he's awesome. You got cool. a great yeah. list. I'm so glad we asked you that question. That was a great list. I can see people right now pushing the rewind button. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they got to write this down. That was great. That was really fantastic. That's the first yeah. list I've heard that I only knew one person on. Ah, <laughs> so, and he did not mention – you know what's crazy? He did not mention Robert O'Haver either. <laughs> or Search Talk Live. Or Search Talk Live, <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> He's in Hawaii. It's okay. Hey, Tommy, what do you say to people who are going, hey, man, organic is dead. Uh, You know, the number one ranking keeps falling down further and further and further on the SERP, and there's so much more stuff on the SERP above the number one listing. What do you say to people who say organic's time is done? Fine. You you do that. I'll take your traffic. (laughs) Yeah, wait till next year. It'll be the second page organics. (laughs) Yeah, no – and and don't get me wrong, you know I, I'm an SEO guy. I've been doing SEO for ten years, but but you're right. It, it really does depend on your on your business. I, I have a couple strong opinions on this. Uh, the first is that yeah, any almost any business is likely to get advantages from diversifying a little bit, right? Yeah. So um, you know we've been in SEO play for a long time, but um, the vast majority of our sales is now happening through our email list, right? So we have become much heavier on email marketing in our business. Um, over the last year, right? We've done a lot more media, more webinars, and more stuff on our on our email list. Um, it's not uh, SEO is not one size fits all for every business. Is kind of the first thing. Like it really does depend on on who your customer avatar is and 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 who you're optimizing for. I think it's very likely that investing in SEO is it can be massively beneficial to your business, but it doesn't have to be the 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 end all be all, right? Um, the other thing too to think about, and just a lot of people get this wrong. Like you guys will, will definitely understand this, but but more entry level people will this might go over their head. SEO is not just Google on your desktop, right? right. And this is this is one of the things that we we like to stress is okay. Of course, mobile. Everyone gets that now. Like mobile penetration, mobile queries, everything skyrocketing every single year, but. SEO is the act of understanding document relevancy for any web application that has a search engine, right? So the easy examples are YouTube, right? Okay, of course you can do YouTube SEO, but you can also do Pinterest SEO. You can also do App Store optimization, right? You can do Yelp SEO. You, can, you know, there's any modern, any modern web application that has a search function 
has to rank order documents based on their relevancy. And what that means is you as an entrepreneur or a consultant or an agency have an opportunity to get your documents ranking at the top, right? There's Quora SEO, right? There's, there's, there's TripAdvisor forum SEO, right? There's Airbnb SEO. I mean, and so um, that's sort of what we like to, to think about is, okay, yes, Google on your desktop, fine. That's a big channel for a lot of people. But depending on the customer avatar and your business, the act of getting your documents at the top of a search engine is the act of SEO. And it's just much, much wider now. There's, there's plenty of companies out there where, where the, their single biggest focus might be Pinterest SEO, right? And that's, and, and, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever works for them, right? <laughs> I feel like I just missed out missed out on a really big uh, industry buzzword. You said customer avatar twice. Is that interchangeable with persona? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, customer see, avatar, I knew it. I'm, persona, I'm buzzword yeah. deficient. <laughs> do you want do you want me to do you want me to send over some buzzwords? So yeah. we, can, we can swap. <laughs> we can swap buzzwords. <laughs> I've never heard a term that way. That's awesome. Hey, SEO Scrabble. <laughs> have you Have you heard the term customer avatar before? Yes. You, oh, did you just say that because I didn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great answer. You know, one of the things we talked about pre-show a little bit, Tommy, was uh, testing. And we've broached this topic in a couple of other shows about testing. You know, people are all into PPC testing. People are all into landing page testing. You don't get a lot of people that really say, you know what? I have a methodical approach to SEO testing. And you kind of do. Can you share with us kind of what's your philosophy about testing from an organic search standpoint? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the way we did it at Airbnb um, might not be as accessible to everyone else, but I have some options for you if, if you're a little bit smaller. So um, we, I basically went into uh, sort of how we did SEO at Airbnb like an idiot when I was first doing it. And it was like, it was... Um, we really kind of got it wrong initially. And the turning point there from a testing perspective was actually Pinterest. Pinterest, um, Pinterest engineer team, engineering team posted on their blog how their A-B experiment framework, A-B testing experiment framework works. And it's fantastic. It's a few years old now, but it's still a really good baseline for, for how to think about a lot of this stuff. And they were extremely helpful to us as well. Pinterest, Pinterest challenge is fascinating it's even it's even more difficult than than airbnb right because think about it the the total addressable market for pinterest seo traffic is anything that could have an image ever (laughs) (laughs) right and so that's huge um and so the the way they went about this and again it's it's on their their engineering blog is basically experiment driven um seo tests and and they came over and helped us out It, it, it was cool too i mean airbnb and pinterest are just a couple blocks from each other in san francisco you know, the recruiters are always, the Airbnb recruiters are always poaching Pinterest engineers and the Pinterest recruiters are always poaching enge- Airbnb engineers and like people were like dating each other in each other's offices. So we were friends with them. It, <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was very cool. But um, yeah, so they've laid this out on on how they did it and, and we asked for their help and, um, and, and we created it. And the basic idea is, and, and this is the other problem within Airbnb. So when I first joined, it was 2013 and... Um, secure search, I think that year was when secure search ramped up to 100%. So there was no longer referred query data. We couldn't like we couldn't kind of get any of that. And uh, it became just a little bit more difficult to figure out the non-brand impact, right? The, the easy way that a lot of people would, would do um, sort of non-brand attribution within SEO was they would say, okay, 
any traffic going to the home page is brand and any traffic going to deeper pages is non-brand. And let's try and move up non-brand traffic, right? That doesn't work for any type of site that has deeper navigational query traffic, right? So for example, Yelp San Francisco, right? Or Yelp San Francisco coffee shop, right? Um, for us, that was Airbnb London, Airbnb Paris, and those kinds of queries that are driving you deeper into the page. But the SEO, t the SEO team shouldn't get credit for, for a query like Airbnb London. That's a branded search, right? Um, so that's, that's sort of how we addressed this was, was um, with our experiment framework. We, the basic idea is we'd have a hypothesis. So, okay, what if we add four internal links to this page? Or what if we add a little bit of content to that page? Or what if we remove listings from this page? And we would roll it out to 50% of pages. We would sort of bucket them based on what the data scientist said was, was, was a fair bucketing. And we would, we would roll out a change to just 50% of pages across all languages and all variations. But like X number of cities would get the treatment and Y number of cities would be the control. And we would just measure the incremental lift in traffic to the treatment, right? Uh, and that was it, that was all we did. So every, all of our SEO was, was kind of data science and engineering driven experimentation. Um, on the actual web application. That's what SEO ended up being at Airbnb. It wasn't content marketing. It wasn't any of this stuff. It was much more boring, kind of under the hood stuff, like like running uh, running different experiments on certain treatment groups and then measuring whether or not there was a positive impact once it hit statistical significance and then rolling out everywhere um, if it worked. And it's continual. It's ongoing, right? It's ongoing, yeah. And so we would do, we would try for big changes, try for small changes once the, the positive ones rolled in, and um, and and we just kept doing it. And that's sort of how the growth team worked at Airbnb. Everyone would run experiments all the time, and then every Friday we would do experiment review where we would all sit in a room, usually grab a beer, and uh, and talk through the experiments and talk through uh, you know what worked and what didn't, what the hypothesis was, um, and and uh, and share the learnings with the team. As we look toward the future, how do those tests change when we're facing a future where we're all getting very personalized results? We can no longer bank on the fact that the large portion of the audience all saw the same thing on the SERP as it gets more personalized. How does that testing change? Yeah, it's it, there's really no good answer here. Um, it, it's I don't know. I do not have a good answer for you. I mean, I think I'll, some of it gets solved by just sheer quantity. And this is why this particular type of experimentation might not work for everyone mm -hmm. because right. I've sort of spoken out of both sides of my mouth. I, the first thing I said was reduce your pages. And the second thing I'm saying is make sure you have 20,000 pages to run experiments. <laughs> right. So um, that doesn't exactly make, make sense for everyone. Um, so I don't really know. I mean, on, on one hand, I, I, I do love the personalization I get from Google. And on the other hand, it makes my job um, a hell of a lot harder. And so... I don't know uh, what the answer is, but a lot of it was solved just with the sheer quantity. We just have such a comprehensive problem yeah. at Airbnb that uh, that it was sort of solved by by the by the numbers. Now, I'm curious to ask. I want I've been wanting to ask you this, and uh, I ask a lot of the, the enterprise level SEOs. Have you ever run a test where you've like, let's say you you built this page and you sent out an email to your one million subscribers or whatever, uh, all going to that page for information. The have you ever seen where the the amount of activity for a page that brought up the the, the page automatically in the SERPs? 
I have. We never ran those experiments at Airbnb, but okay. on on our own site at ClickMinded and th- with friends as well, we have seen this. Okay. Um, curious if you guys have oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. Where you just you email the list, send them all to one page, and and it moves up in the SERPs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I yeah. and Rand actually, Rand Fishkin actually did this test a couple years ago or last year, I think it was, where uh, he drove. I think it was like five hundred thousand people to a page. And told them what to search for, what what to click on, and then you watched it jump. Yes, I remember that landmark. Yeah, yeah landmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. really yeah. showing the power that at the end of the day, there's a strong democracy element to the ranking factors. Right, sure. if, if the populace thinks it's good, mm-hmm. then it should rank higher. If the populace doesn't think it's good, then it should rank lower. Yeah, but it doesn't stay. I mean, right, it eventually comes down, but. You know, that's why you see, like, these big, like, local lawyers here, like uh, Dan Newland or something. He drives it on a ton of traffic from TV advertising. So he gets a lot of people hitting that site, and that's why he's he's killing it on everything. Right, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tommy, on this kind of same similar note, let's talk a little bit about your training now. How many people, by the way, would you say you've trained roughly? Yeah, so ClickMind, we have more than 10,000 paid users, which has been, been been pretty awesome that's wow. why he's in hawaii okay that's why he's in hawaii <laughs> and we're in orlando right yeah you know as you kind of look back on your your training what do you think is the biggest aha moment you see in general kind of aggregate what what do you see people go damn that i was totally getting that wrong interesting so i mean we we have a number of different courses now we do a lot of different stuff um i think the big yeah we mentioned the um we mentioned the reducing of pages, I think is a good one. It's very counterintuitive for people to say, I can get more traffic with, with fewer pages. The other big one is just, um, we, we really push over, over investing in, I can't use the customer avatar because that's too much of a buzzword, right? What do I need to use now? The uh, persona. persona. The persona. I got to go back. Got to go back in time to the persona. <laughs> we use, Yeah, our customer avatars slash personas, um, we actually recommend sort of over investing in this stuff. And um, people roll their eyes when, when we when we talk about it because everyone hates doing it, um, and it sucks, right? What, you know, but but this was a pivotal turning point in our business, and we do these really brutal customer avatar interviews where we would get customers and users and get on the phone with them and go through these grueling like 45 minute phone calls you know what's your name how old are you what kind of education do you have <laughs> how much money do you make what do you do on weekends are you married you know what are you like why why are you investing in this at work what do you want to do and like no what really do you want to do like are you trying to get a promotion or you know and just like very personal kind of questions and everyone hates them because they suck and it feels like you're you're not working on your business when you're working on them but when you do them, you get all these aha moments of understanding who your actual avatar is, and then everything flows from there. So it sounds counterintuitive that getting on the phone with your customers and chatting for a while would be an SEO play, but it is. Um, you know, we, we reeled, really dialed in our customer avatars, and then from there, we redid our keyword research, and the total addressable market of our keywords changed a lot based on who we were targeting, and then from there everything changed again. So our content marketing strategy changed and all that. So I really like these, like focusing on the pivotal things that everything flows from and, and sort of over investing in them. And 
in our case, that was that was understanding the customer avatars and what their wants and needs are, and then doing the keyword research from there. Because when you get those right, everything ends up being way easier. You know what I mean? And so that was sort of sort of one of the things that uh, that a lot of our users um, benefited from when we when we when we focused on that and taught that. That's a really interesting answer, Robert. Let me ask you a question. Your work with clients. If you went to your clients and said, hey, grade yourself 1 to 10 on how well you know your customers, what does the average business owner grade himself as in knowing his customers? A plus. A plus, and 12 out of 10, right? Very rare that they have a, a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and so that your answer was really interesting because, you know, for, for businesses that just go to bed at night being totally convinced that they know who their customers are, they could be – a flawed keyword research because they're looking at them incorrectly and if they really do the exercise that you described you right. just indicated that that could be a significant change in keyword strategy and i have to i have to confession time here i am one of those people who really struggles in persona development i mean i get it i've read about it i know it's important and i i personally struggle with it isn't that a di- uh, tommy is it a little difficult to scale something like if you're doing it by calling the client or are you sending it, out it, surveys more yeah it does not scale at all okay. um and that's what's so that's what's so brutal about it and that's why no one does it yeah. is because um i mean i'll give you an example okay so our customer avatars are entrepreneurs in-house marketers at fortune 500 to inc 5000 companies right. and uh consultants or agencies with two to 99 employees right and um you know, with our agency and consultant avatar, our, my my hypothesis was, okay, the vast majority of, of, of agencies and consultants that are signing up are using ClickMinded to, to grow sales, right? To, to right. grow their business and to, like, either increase lifetime value of their customers or get, get more customers, right? And after this series of brutal, grueling, and awful <laughs> phone interviews... There was this one moment, and this is going to just sound like a dorky, cheesy Hallmark moment, but there's this one moment where, um, you know, there was a guy, he was running an agency, and he was using ClickMinded to train up staff. And uh, when we got to talking, towards the end of the conversation, the, the actual sort of nugget finally hit, and he said, yeah, the real reason why I'm using ClickMinded is because I want to train up all my entry-level staff because I want more time with my son at home. And it was just this... You know, I'm not wow. trying to get too too dorky with it, but like, there, I thought we were trying to increase the guy's sales, and the reality was we were selling time. We were giving him his time back, right? Right. And so, um, it sort of changed the persona a little bit around, you know, okay, the the actual buyers on on that persona, they're not necessarily using the training. They're trying to get their entry level employees to stop bothering them, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, and he was using ClickMinded to get more time back with his son. So. Um, it's just kind of an interesting example. You know, one of the big problems I had, and maybe other SEOs that are listening might have this problem as well. I loved video games as a kid. I loved computer games. I played a lot of them. And I, I started to treat SEO when I first got into it back in 2008, 2009, as a video game. You know, I, I, I really loved watching rankings go up. I mm-hmm. really loved watching traffic go up. And I, and I sort of treated it like a, a dorky online multiplayer game. But... Um, the reality is, you know, now that I've been running my business full time for the last two years and also had a ton of experience at Airbnb where they're relentless about user experience is that like it's really easy as an SEO to look at your dashboard like a bunch of numbers, right? Like a bunch of just uh, rankings on a screen. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is you actually get a ton of benefit 
out of humanizing the data a little bit more and realizing that like, okay, you're solving the problem of, in this yeah. example of this guy getting more time with his son. Right. And so just by like humanizing it a little bit more and realizing that like your customers are actual people <laughs> with like real problems and like, you know, they have kids and have to go to the grocery store and like, you know, broke up with their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Like they're, they're real people. And so when you do a lot of that, it just makes it a little bit more real. And, uh, it ends, it ended up letting us like humanize everything a little bit more and people seem to, to really appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Awesome answer. Well, guess what? It is time for Believe It or Leave It. Believe It or Leave It, one of the most popular parts of Search Talk Live, Tommy. So what we're going to do is ask, we're going to give you three statements, and then we're going to, we found them on the internet, by the way, so you know they're they got to be true. Uh, so we're going to ask you to tell our this audience whether they should believe it or whether they should leave it, and then tell us why. You ready? This first one's a doozy. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> ready. Number one, a canonical link is the same as a 301 redirect. Leave it. <laughs> tell us why uh canonicals are definitely not as strong as 301s um i have experience on large sites and small sites that just does not seem to be the case i i, I do not trust canonical tags wow i did not hear a a hint of doubt in his voice he has a lot of conviction on that one all right number two you should renew your domain for the longest duration possible to achieve a ranking leave benefit. it don't believe <laughs> that. He, got, he was on it. <laughs> are we feeding them the easy ones? Yeah. Right, the next there one. are still quite a few people who believe that, though. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And, and yeah, still quite a few I people mean, who, and because I took that right off of somebody's um, article that wasn't, you really? know, yeah, and it wasn't like dated, you know, 1997 either. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, huh? I, ouch. But that's why we have this show, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Believe it or leave it, number three. The idea that content has to be a specific length to rank is a myth. Interesting. Um, I I do I do not believe that there's like a magic number like eight hundred and seventy two, <laughs> and then you magically rank right. But I do think in general, when you have longer content, you give Google more opportunities to find the LSI keywords and find the thematically related things and things like that. So yeah, there's, there's always going to be trends and, um, like there's going to be like statistical analyses of pay of, of SERPs that say, okay, the ones with the most content in general are ranking, but it's not going to be, be solely because there's a magic number. There's a magic word count you have to hit. You know what I mean? So it's too bad. Um, <laughs> I, 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 so in general, leave it, leave it. All right. Great job. All right. Last up, for, before we uh, close out the show, the Search Talk Live Tattoo. Tommy, you've been great. A lot of awesome stuff. Your influences were fantastic. I know we got a lot of people taking notes listening to the show. Close it off for us with your Search Talk Live Tattoo, your shortest, most concise, most helpful piece of advice you can leave our listeners with. And as you can imagine, we got a very, very large ink budget here at Search Talk Live because Robert gets all of these as tattoos on that. So give us something that Robert can tattoo <laughs> and that will make an impact on our audience. Interesting. Um, I think I would go back to what I mentioned before around the, the interview. So my tattoo would be humanize your data. Nice. Deep. I like that. That's deep, man. That yeah. really is. And I love the story you put behind it, too, yeah, on that. And I'm inspired myself to try to get better at persona slash avatar development uh, <laughs> just because of your story. But I like it. Humanize your audience. Oh, I thought you meant spending time with your son. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you, uh, Tommy, for being on the show. It's been great. Lots of good nuggets for people to uh, write down and keep in mind. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Yeah, uh, we're at clickminded.com. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Tommy Griffith. And we just launched these old school 8-bit digital marketing and SEO strategy guides. So if you ever played like Nintendo or Super Nintendo in the 90s, we created these strategy guides that are like 8-bit eight, eight style. So you can check them out. They're free at clickminded.com. That's cool. That reminds me. Do you remember, I was like probably five years ago, somebody came out with an SEO video game and you had Matt Cutts as the character and... I don't remember that. Rand Fishkin and all those other guys were characters in the game. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> Sorry, that's old. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's it's so out there. Um, I think it was Barry Schwartz that actually uh, put that together, but it it, it's, it exists. It's all out right, there. So if you're listening to the show and you know where that is, <laughs> send us a link. We'd love to have it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening to the show. Tommy, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been great. Um, we will send out a link to everyone so you can, if you missed it, you can come back and listen to it. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks and we got to say, for Tommy's benefit, we got to say aloha, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for having me on the show, guys. Really right. appreciate it. Bye-bye, right. everyone. Thanks, man. Bye. Search Talk Live is sponsored by the Robert Palmer family of companies. If you have questions for Search Talk Live or you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor of the show, email Robert at searchtalklive.com. That's searchtalklive.com.